Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, everybody. It is Money Mondays with your hosts, Ben Suttles and Ferris Musa. The charming Ferris Musa. Oh, That said, ooh, Money Mondays, ooh. we do this every Monday, 3.30 Central, and we're here to talk about all sorts of topics. If you have comments, questions, thoughts, ideas, leave a comment. Happy to talk about them. But that said, Ben, what are we talking about today? What we learn from our biggest deal, folks. You know, and, so. and really quick, big means a lot of different things. Yes. So what would you say, you know, I'm curious what Ben's input is, mm. what would you say our biggest deal is today? Well... It's it's a property in Austin. So you're gonna say okay. So you're talking about dollar number. Yeah, dollar is that was as big as what you look well, at. Well, right? that's uh, that's actually a good point. We didn't even think about that. I was thinking well, about it in terms of that. dollars, right? You yeah. know, but we also have a bigger, larger property in terms of unit count than that. It's a property here in Houston. How many units is that one? So that one here in Houston is 530. The one in Austin is 369. Ah, so big can mean different things to different people, right. right? So understand what you're talking about. So again, we learned something. I'd say from each of those, right? Actually, let's go through both. We have let's enough go, time. Let's do, let's, do, let's do a bug. We can do it quick, folks. So what we learned on our biggest deals, not deal, but we're going to go ahead and get right into this. All right. So questions that kind of come in, how do we identify these opportunities, right? Yeah. So how do we find deals? We basically go out, uh, what is it, shake trees, kiss babies, <laughs> shake hands, you know, a little bit of everything. We're not shaking babies. Yeah, yeah we're not shaking babies. <laughs> but, you know, it's really getting to know brokers, right? And this is where I would actually say to this question, one of the biggest things we learned is, your reputation needs to precede you, right? Yeah. The brokers need to be able to go to bat for you, right? Once you're doing larger deals, it's no longer, you know, about, hey, is the price right? It's really about, can this person perform? Does this person have a track record? Are they reputable, right? Can they get the deal done? That actually means, right, really on these larger deals, probably more than the price point. No, 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 yeah, if, if all things are considered, I mean, if you're within five, maybe even 10%, of somebody that's more, I guess, reputable or they've transacted with, they're probably gonna give them the deal yeah. because there's just so much riding on this if things don't close and that's gonna make the broker look bad. They might lose the listing altogether. A lot of bad things can ha can cascade around from that if it doesn't close, right? Yeah. But this is actually, these two deals are actually someone's because they're both from CBRE. Right, yeah. so a brokerage. Actually, they are. I didn't yeah. put two together. So. And then this is a good way how they how to tie them together. So the right? first one, right? We had done the deal. You know, we we had, we knew the broker. We hadn't transacted, but he knew us well enough, and he went to bat and essentially said, "These guys can get it done." Yeah, got it done. The second one was even a larger dollar amount. Yes, and that broker called the first broker as a referral, and they spoke our praises. And so yeah. again. Your reputation needs to be built up, right? Because you know anybody can figure out how to do a two, three, four, five million dollar deal, yeah. right? Not many people can do an eighty million dollar deal, right? So a lot to think about. Every, you know, each thing kind of has its merits, and so you got to start to really plan and build up for that accordingly. No, absolutely. So right, you know, I mean, as far as kind of the due diligence that we kind of go through, and this is, it doesn't really matter if it's the biggest deal or the smallest deal, deal folks. We do the same stuff throughout the process, right? We nurture our relationships with the brokers, they send us deals, we underwrite the deals, right? And we, we verify our underwriting numbers through our team, right? From our property management, to our insurance broker, to our mortgage broker, to everybody in between, trying to validate our assumptions within our underwriting. And then from there, we determine, hey, are we competitive? Are we close to what the broker's asking? 
Yeah. Right? And if so, we're trying to develop a strategy on how we're going to win this, right? Again, it's it, it takes a little bit of politicking. People don't realize it's not just like, oh, I'm never going to talk to the broker. I'm just going to blindly submit an LOI and hope for the best, right? You're probably not going to get a call back, mm-hmm. let alone win the deal, right? You need to be talking to the broker. Hey, where where offers kind of coming in at, you know. Talk about what you like and don't like yes. in the deal, right? Because again, talk if them a, up. things talk start up the to deal. make sense and, you know, you're... Whenever you're near that finish line, it's about giving the broker the ammo to help go sell you. Yes. Right? That's what a lot of it's about. And, you know, there's an art to name dropping and talking about other deals. And, you know, the broker, really, them getting to know you is them trying to understand if I went to bat for this guy, can I can I get that done for, you know, for you? And actually, so. th- this is a good point. So, you know, we bought the CBRE deal, which is 530 units here in, in Houston. And then, you know, two years later, we're buying the, the Austin deal through another CBRE team. Well, guess what? They didn't really know us, right? You know, and so we actually name dropped the CBRE guys back here in Houston, mm-hmm. both the mortgage broker and the investment sales guy. And they both went to bat for us. They're like, yeah, these are great guys. They're going to get it done. You know, so having those those inner, you know, brokerage offices kind of, they all kind of know each other or they at least can get to the right person. You can always have them help you kind of, you know, um, get past that, you know, who the heck are these guys, right? Well, I know so-and-so in this, this city. Let me make you an introduction. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, they're good guys. Right, that happens more often than not. And in Very fact, if you're not even business, doing yeah. it, trust me, they're doing it behind your back and trying to find out who the heck you they're are. They're absolutely you fishing know, around. So don't 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 think it, you should. But so you should get ahead of it and say, okay, hey, this person can vouch for me. This person can vouch for me as being a good guy. Now it doesn't really it it holds a little bit of water if it's another brokerage with another one, but it's still better than nothing, right? You know. But our due diligence process is the same, right? You underwrite the deal. You see if you're competitive. If you are, you submit an offer. Right? And then you go through the traps of you know the best and final process and everything else. So, moving along. What were the key components that made the real estate deal the largest in your portfolio? Yeah, I, mean, I, think I think we said that earlier, We just right? talked about Price it, Price right? and you unit know. size. Yeah, so I mean, you can, you can look maybe at it. Maybe there's another factor, maybe the most amount of square footage, which usually ties to the units. But or, you have, or you could even say the most equity. Or the most land and, mass. And, you know, or most land mass, too, right? You know, so I mean, really... It's what it's in the, the eye of the holder. Yes. You know, don't 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 get wrapped up. But into actually, it. I'd say equity's up there with price. Price and equity, equity actually and ended up, equity ended up being the biggest one on the purchase price too, right? So the eighty-two million dollar deal that we had, um, you know, we couldn't save your design, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, um, we you know the equity is a big thing too, right? Yeah. Forty something million dollars was how much we raised for that same deal. So um, you know, so that's kind of the key components, right? Yep. You know, so kind of think about that. And, um, and really quick. Operationally, right? Would you say, let's say closing, was it easier or harder with a bigger deal? And then operation, was it easier or harder? Operationally, it's supposed to be a little bit easier, right? Because you have more economies of scale, there's more money that you can pay, good staff, you know, you're gonna have some cash that you can spit off, right? You know, I'd say to get it closed, the $82 million deal was last year, and obviously everybody knows that last year was a very challenging year to, to be getting closed anything. But, um, you know, I would say otherwise, actually probably ends up being easier in a lot of ways because more lenders are going to go after those deals because they're bigger, they're meatier, right? You know, and then typically, especially if you're going to go after kind of more institutional equity, you can also just go and probably grab more institutional equity that way too, right? Because it's a bigger, meatier deal, just like the lenders, Mm -hmm. right? You know, now if you're syndicating all of this, obviously the bigger the raise, the more challenging it becomes, right? You know, um, but we got it done. I think we ended up raising... Forty-one million dollars, yeah, you know, there. on eighty-two million dollar deal. So very low leverage. 
you know, on on the deal, and you know, really, really excited about that one. So, but keep, operationally, it's, it's probably a little bit harder. Right? No, pros and cons. Say, no, well, some things. It's, sorry, let me rewind. It's easier, but more things can go wrong. Because well, I mean, again, yeah, you're turning I mean, 30, 30, 40 units a month, right? That's significant. Yeah, there's so there's there's, uh, there's things you have to dial in, right? And it forces you to dial some of that stuff in. And that's fine, you know. Um, but I, I would say I would, I'd actually probably have the other the, the flip side of it. I'd say in some ways, if you can dial that in, that the economies of scale outweigh that, you know. Um, because I mean, again, if you get you know a couple three four hundred unit properties all in one area, now you have some economies of scale, and you can get you know great property management staff, and you can share resources too, which is important. So. Um, you know, what were some of the significant lessons you learned from this investment and how will you apply them to future real estate investments? Um, well, that's a good, I mean, I would say actually both are pretty big deals and that's that's a, something to kind of take into consideration. Um, you know, I mean, one was, you know, a big play in Austin and Austin just has big pricing. You know, the other play was probably on the bigger side. The unit count is probably on the taller side that I would probably say that we would do. Yeah. Right. Five hundred thirty units is probably where I'm maxing out at because there's not a lot of people that are going to take that on. Right. You know, most of the time, especially in the syndication space, everybody's between one hundred fifty and three fifty. Like that's that seems to be the sweet spot. You know, below that, typically more mom and pop. Above that, it becomes something different. Right. You know, where you're almost buying a small city. You know, and so you have to kind of take that into consideration, you know. Um, big purchase price obviously equates to a big equity check, you know. And, you know, $41 million, that, that stretched us about as far as we could go on an equity raise, you know. And so you just got to take that into consideration too, right? You know, don't get in at something that you can't bite off. Because, again, going back to what we said earlier, folks, right? You know, you're going to, if you burn that bridge with that broker and you can't close, you were essentially... Scarlet letter. You're, you're going to have a scarlet. It's going to be very, very hard for you to do a deal with that person because they're going to think about that fee that you cost them, the reputational points that you cost them, and that's a problem for people, right? You know, so you'd much rather just put in an offer that you know you can achieve or just walk away and just say, hey, it's not for me because of these reasons, right? It's better to do it that way, right? But we talked about this a little bit. How did, the, how did you manage the property and tenants to ensure a successful and profitable investment? So... You know, we're still we're still we're no going different through than the other stuff. It's a business plan you yeah. work on, right? You know, it's same business plan, just different amount of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, it's bigger dollars, bigger number, of, you know, bigger price point. And so, working through it, making sure you have the right people. Right, a manager that knows how to manage two hundred units is not necessarily the same manager that can manage five hundred. But two hundred units, you can kind of stumble your way, you know, with you doing it. With five hundred units, you have a team. You need to know how to manage a team, an effective team. So it is yeah. actually a very different manage a different set of skills or something to think no, about. No, I, I would, I actually agree with that, right? Like, you know I mean? Like you can throw most people into 150, 200 unit property, mm -hmm. right? You know, in the property management world, you know, you know, three, four, 500 units become something different, right? You know, I'd also say, you know, the, the other thing to take into consideration, both these had a value add component, a pretty big value add component. You have to make sure that your management company and the people that you have on site know how to manage when it's, when it's under construction. Right, because what what are you trying to do? Right, you're trying to you're adding millions of dollars into it. You're painting it. There's all these contractors on site. There's all this work being done. You have people coming in saying, "Oh, my tire got popped," or they sprayed over my car, or something happened. So you're dealing with tenants that are already up frustrated. On top of that, you're also trying to upgrade units and getting a different tenant profile in there. So, so you have to be able to manage all that chaos. It's a lot going on, you know. Um, but 
<clears throat> unfortunately, you have to kind of do it all within the first kind of starting six months because, you know, the, the, the lender and the bank is, is expecting you to kind of go and execute your business plan. So are your investors, right? So you can't just like, oh, I'm going to ease into it and, you know, we'll do this stuff next year. No big deal. No, you have to start doing it, right? You know, um, and again, I, I, you know, when it's a, regardless if it's a big property or not, right, you know, you're always got to deal with some tenants and making sure that they're, they feel like it's their home, right? You know, and that you're approving your, their home. You're making it better. You're making it safer, right? And I think if you sell that vision, right, you maybe get some mock-ups. We always, we always like to kind of put mock-ups of what things are gonna look like, you know, and like the office and stuff. So that, that's not even necessarily just for the new tenants. That's for the existing ones too. Like, look at how beautiful it's gonna look and look at the units that you could potentially transfer into if you wanna stay on the property. And we're gonna add this amenity and that amenity for your, for your children and your family. People love that stuff. They want to know why they might have a rent increase, right? So you want to show them the vision and what you're trying to do, your business plan, right? And I think if you get their buy-in, right, you'll have less turnover, you'll have people more apt to stay in, in, in at the property and eat that rent increase, right? So, boom. What advice would you offer to other real estate investors looking to make a significant investment in their portfolio? I think we talked about that, right? Yeah, <coughs> build you know, your reputation, build yeah. your brand, get to know brokers and help them help you. Yeah, and don't bite off more than you can chew. That's the biggest thing, right? You know I mean? We're talking about big deals today. You know, again, that's relative. You know, maybe a big deal for you is, hey, I want to buy it on my own, and maybe a $3 million deal is a huge deal for you because you're doing it on your own, right? Just be careful, right? You know, and, and I'd say if you are doing it on your own, don't put all your eggs in one basket either, right? You know, if you've got all your money tied up in that one deal, what if that one deal doesn't go well, Yeah. right? You know, it's, it's, it's a very illiquid investment unless you have a refinance or a sale type, you know, transaction. That doesn't happen every year, right? So, boom, we got through that. All Absolutely. right, take it. So what's coming up August 5th, right? It's our big conference. I'm excited about this, San Francisco. Yeah. So we're gonna be out in Cali on August 5th, 400 plus attendees. We're already selling tickets like yeah. crazy out there. We have a bunch of great speakers, a bunch of great panels. We might do some more Ignite presentations. Who we knows? We'll do some more Ignite We're going to get crazy with it. We're all, You know how if you've ever been out to any one of our events, we always do something different at these events. It's not the same thing, right? But we want you to check it out. So register today, www.mfinvestornetwork.com. Pretty sure we got a coupon code. Disrupt still work? Use the coupon code disrupt. Yeah. Use the coupon and code use disrupt. Use the coupon code early bird yeah. as well. So go or check early out. bird if that one's still and alive. Yeah, we'll make you it know, happen. But check that one out. And uh, we'd love to see you out there. But what are we talking about next week, my friend? We're going to have to keep it a surprise. Oh. So we'll some people figure out what we're going to talk about and we'll make it fun. So, so tune in. Tune in. Check it out. We look forward to seeing you guys next week on Money Monday, every Monday, 3.30 Central. Thanks, everybody. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit disruptequity.com invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.